I would like to tell a story that... Uh, oh, now the sound is very good. <laughs> so it's about understanding. So uh, a few years back, I was in Malaysia, and I was giving a Dhamma talk and, uh, about meditation. And uh, the following day, there was a Chinese nun, and she came to me, and she said, Oh, Bhante, I like very much your talk. All the time when you were talking, I was really concentrated. So when she told me that, then I was very happy. After a few minutes, I asked her, But did you understand anything? She said, No, I didn't understand anything, you know. <laughs> So it's like that, you know, some people, they, they don't need to understand much, just like that, they, they, they get happy and concentrated. So about understanding, we said, you know, like at the beginning I was saying that understanding is very essential, we need to understand what we are doing, and right from the beginning, we have to understand. So what is that understanding we are talking about? And I was wondering, you know, to, to give references and things like this, so... I look in books, and uh, for example, in the Patisambhida Magga, they give about 73 types of understanding. So I thought I will give it up, you know. At least uh, the three are interesting, and I will come back to them later. The Visuddhimagga, also the commentary, they give a long list of understanding, you know, like all kinds of uh, worldly understanding, and then uh, spiritual understanding, and so a big list of them is mentioned. And among them, they say that... Uh, what they mean by understanding there, like understanding classified in the, after the sila and after the samadhi, understanding there is uh, referring to uh, insight meditation, to insight uh, knowledge, and also to everything that is related to the awesome qualities of Dhamma. So this is called uh, understanding. And then also they give, you know, about uh, a dozen types of uh, classification of it. And uh, I cannot tell all of them, but uh, those that, I, that struck me were three. And the first one is understanding of... Uh, there are three types of understanding. And you have, you probably know, you know, the understanding based on hearing and then understanding based on thinking, on reflection, on, on your own, uh, you know, your own cogitation and uh, wisdom. And then the third type of understanding is the understanding that comes with the practice of meditation. So the Pali is the Sutta Maya Panya, Bhava, uh, Sutta Maya Panya, Chinta Maya Panya, and then Bhavana Maya Panya. So the type of understanding that we get from hearing a discourse or from reading books, or this is kind of clarify, clarifying what we are up to and what are the options and where the path is leading to. So we hear from other people and then we make our minds. So, so from the first one, we, we have a, an understanding that can guide us for further elaboration. So the second one is understanding about the 
uh, from ourselves when we think about uh, about uh, you know the the dhammas and chintamaya uh, panya when we reflect and uh, and the third one is referred as uh, when you practice the samadhi especially you know the samatha uh, meditation then when uh, somebody has reached some meditation level, then the understanding that you will get into reality will be uh, deeper and will be different also. So uh, another classification of understanding that uh, I remember is the understanding of the Four Noble Truths. And then another one is understanding about Namarupa, mentality and materiality. So understanding of the Four Noble Truths is the understanding of all the Buddhist teaching. And as we said last week, uh, referring to the story of Rohitasa, you know, that he was looking for the end of the world, that is the end of suffering. And uh, the conclusion is that uh, it cannot be found elsewhere than uh, inside this body, inside the, you know, the five khandhas, and specifically be based on the rupa khandha. So now we will, like uh, the rupa khandha, the four elements, it is very wide. Uh, practice, and it is explained uh, in detail, and it is explained in brief. Also, I will take, uh, you know, the occasion to make a reference to the chart, to the chart we, we were having, the chart that was given to us at the beginning, this one. So from that we can see, you know, that, uh, that the meditation on, on the four elements, it's already there. And it is classified uh, between the panya and between the samatha. So it can be both. It can be a, a, a practice where somebody develops concentration and, and just use it for calming the mind and concentrating the mind. And also it can be a practice leading directly to the uh, vipassana, to the inside. But we should not forget also that uh, this practice of the four element meditation is based on sila. So this is very important, you know. We don't, we should not forget that, that the basic is what we are doing, what we are thinking, the way we are uh, you know, dealing with our mind, this is part of sila, and this is, not, uh, this is not to be neglected at all. It is more difficult to have a good sila and a good foundation than just to do the meditation. So if the meditation is based on the foundation, then it's easier. Also, as a question, you know, that was asked, is that if somebody starts with the four elements, what is he doing with the entrances? So the answer will be that the entrances, they have to be dealt with at the beginning, they have to be dealt with as a foundation after that the, the, the practice is uh, settled down, you know.
others who think that uh, the meditation on the four elements is something very easy and okay now I just do the practice on the four elements and that's it, you know, patavi, apo, tejo, ayo, and uh, then I get very concentrated and I proceed to vipassana. But uh, as it is explained in the brief method, you know, like in the Satipatthana Sutta or other suttas, it is said that uh, somebody just sees his body wherever it is disposed, you know, whatever is placed, and uh, he just sees the the four elements together with the derived materiality that is depending on that, and he just meditates on that. So this is for the brief method. But this brief method is for those who are very sharp, is for those who are already uh, established in the Dhamma. So to come to that uh, knowledge directly is not, uh, is not that easy. That's why they give the detailed methods for those who don't have the strong base in samatha or the strong base in uh, you know panya. It is given in, bre- in detail. And how is it explained in detail? They say that uh, somebody who wants to do that in detail has to learn the 32 parts of the body. So first you learn all the 32 parts of the body, you know, that uh, some of you have already started to do. And then you divide them into the, what is the uh, predominance of the earth element, for example, in some of the body parts, like the air and the body hair and the, the teeth, the skin, and all those things, you know, the, the, the first 20 parts can be classified in the earth element. And then for the water element, then you have the 12 uh, second, uh, the, the, the 12 following parts. And the and the for the um, the fire element, then also you have I think uh, four or six I don't remember. And then the same thing with the wind, you know, the, the remaining of our of our those. So according to uh, uh, their predominance, they are classified either in the battery earth, water, fire, or wind. But again, we think that this is very easy, you know, like some of you. When we don't start normally, people like that here, and those who are starting in this way have already uh, had uh, some kind of foundation for the samatha, you know. Or, but we don't start with the body parts directly. But for those who are to start with that. Uh, I would like to say, you know, that in the text, or traditionally, all those uh, parts or all the contemplation of the body was done. So in one commentary, they say that uh, uh, this uh, contemplation of the 32 parts of the body is a question of a six-month course. That's, it's not joking, six months. (laughs) And they say that uh, for every part, it's one week. So that is somebody will take the air, and then for one week he will just day and night he will just contemplate on the air. So that means he has to find it by location, by color, by shape, and eventually by elements. So after one week, then he will shift to the body hair, <coughs> and like this, you know. So altogether, it will take uh, you know some something like uh, four or six months.
for Samata and Jana is not something that is, uh, it's not coming to everybody very easily, you know. You have to work for it. And uh, we see that uh, some people who have been here for two months, or then only sometimes they start to get the Jana. And once they, once they start to get it, then it, it becomes very easy. But uh, we should not forget that those people, they have been, you know, working for quite some time very seriously. And those uh, lucky that uh, that have come and reach, you know, and uh, I mean, got success very easily at the beginning, were most of the time people who have uh, who had a good uh, foundation in in their life, and it, it was not too difficult for them to uh, uh, to practice the meditation. So when we start to teach, you know, the meditation on the four elements here, we just start with the characteristic and then we repeat the characteristic and we are aware of those uh, 12 characteristics that are uh, a manifestation of the four elements in our body. So by repeating them, you know, and then by seeing them and experiencing them and uh, understanding them, then the mind just get very pure. The mind gets uh, very interested and then the mind uh, start to be, uh, you know, is away from the five entrances and start to be luminous and, uh, you know, very close to the, it's almost like the first jhana. But it's not the first jhana, it cannot go into first jhana. But the quality of the mind is almost similar. So when it comes to perceive the body at a certain point, then it sees the body, you know, like a block of ice, or it sees the body like a, a gem. And this we can see, we, 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 we can find a reference of that in the Samsutta, that uh, the meditator just sees the body as a gem, and he has the gem in his hand, and he just sees, oh, this is just that the body is just that, uh, you know, that four element, and uh, those four elements is just like a, a you know, those uh, precious stone. And you just look at the body like that. So when somebody perceives the body as the four element to that extent and to that, uh, with that quality of mind, the perception is changing. And at a, cert at a certain point, he sees that uh, those four elements also are um, having some types of, uh, they are, um, well, they are, they are just particles. So it can, they can be divided. They can be, it can be, it's not a mass of solid, it's not a mass of solid, uh, solid materiality, but it's composed of just tiny little things called the uh, kalapas units. And the next thing, you know, like the, uh, what is called the clinging, or not the clinging, but uh, the derived ma materiality that is uh, based on those four elements, is the first, the, fir the first five of them is the five sensitivities that uh, the body is having, the sense doors. 
So they say, like in the Sanyutta Nikaya, they say that uh, by understanding the all, you know, the bhikkhu, I will teach you the all and listen to that. So what is the all? Like we talked about uh, in the re- or last week, we talked about the universe and that uh, actually everything is uh, contained, everything is, uh, everything is in the all, or the all, you know, the, uh, we talk about the all, kind of. So, and what is the all? So, the eye and form is the all, the ear and sound, the nose and others, the tongue and taste, the body and tactile objects, the mind and mental phenomenon, this is called the all. If anyone should speak thus, having rejected this all, I shall make another all known. That will be a mere empty boast on his part. So that means except from that, there is nothing that, uh, that can be known. So it is starting with the four elements, and then from the four elements, we have the sensitivity of the body. The sensitivity of the body. So this is to speak, like I tried to make a relation with the chart, and the chart, you know, is that uh, the first, uh, the first, uh, the first thing here is that uh, discerning materiality, rupa pariga. So this is the four elements, but together with the uh, the derived materiality. So some meditators, they say that uh, when they do that, when they meditate on their body, you know, to the extent that they develop successfully the meditation on the four elements, then they see that body as the eyes blocked. But actually, it's like the, it's like those uh, transparent, transparent uh, type of uh, materiality and then the opaque. A type of materiality. They say that uh, it is like a. Ah, yes. First, the person, when you meditate on the four elements, then there is no more the shape, you know, of the body. Like the shape is a concept. Like I will come back again to uh, the person who is doing the four elements with the, the, the brief method. So for example, if you start with the air or if you start with the skeleton, so only by developing one part, or only by developing one of the one of the part very clearly, like the skeleton, for example, then he establishes his mind on that, and then he gets his mind very calm on that part, you know. And then once <laughs> one part is very clear, then all the other parts also become very clear in the sense of elements. So, 
uh, it's like that, you know, you can do like the 32 parts and then one part will become clear and then all the body also will be the same with the four elements. But you can do also only, you know, only by a single one will be enough. So one, once somebody is able to see just the four elements in the body, then that body becomes luminous and, uh, and then the I have difficulty to find, you know, the, how to say that. Is that the concept of a body doesn't exist anymore. Like, for example, here, we are in a hall, right? But what is that hall? It is just a concept, it is just a name. If somebody is a builder, if somebody is an architect, or somebody with skill in construction material, when he comes here, he will not look at it as uh, we are doing. He will look at the, you know, the quality of the wood, and he will look at the type of uh, ventilation that is there, the plastic that is there, and uh, he will look at the, the handle on the, on the doors, and he will look also the type of material they use for the walls, and then the, is it the, also for the windows, is it the same wood as the, the floor? and uh, the paints, which type of paint, you know, and uh, all kinds of things that uh, a normal person will not be able to detect. So the idea of a building, the idea of a meditation hall is something that we have constructed, is something that, that we have conditioned our mind to see. Actually, what is there is just the, you know, the building material. So the building material also is, it is just the four elements, if we look uh, further into that. But if the, the, the building was to be demolished, you know, then could we say that there is still a meditation hall? Well, the concept is not there, but the elements are the same. So with the same element, you know, with the same uh, uh, material, then we can build, uh, we can build uh, something else. So the idea of a meditation hall, or the idea of a kitchen, or the idea of the refectory, it is just concept. So the same thing with our body. We say this is a body, you know, but actually it is just the four elements. And then that body, when it is perceived just as, as the four elements, what is, uh, you know, striking as the, the derived materiality is the, is the sensitivity or the, the sensitive sensitive parts of it, you know, like uh, here we have the windows, so there are many windows, you know, you have upper windows and then the, the back windows there, the, you know, the Japanese type of uh, windows and the windows on the side, so all those windows, they reflect something, right, so they reflect if somebody is outside or if you look at yourself, if you look in the window now, <coughs> you will see yourself or you will see everybody in the house, so that window has the possibility to bring a reflection on the, those who are looking at it. So it is the same thing with those sensitive, sensitive parts of our body. So some, you know, windows, let's say that, uh, let's say that our body is just composed of uh, crystal. It is just a house of mirror. So if our body is just full of little mirrors, you know, that are sensitive to, uh, to the sight, or that are sensitive to the, the sound, or that are sensitive to the, to the nose, to the, to the odor, or sensitive to the, 
to the taste or to the touch, then it will vibrate. Vibrate. It will uh, give a reflection on that uh, sensitivity. So here we are, you know, like uh, the windows that that are that that are the mirrors in that crystal body of ours. If we see our body as a, you know, composed of a little mirrors, you know, so the senses. This is the same thing. So every time there is a contact with the sense object, then there will be a reflection on the, you know, there will be a reaction on the body with, the, with that uh, sense organ. So by being, by starting to define the internal sense doors, you know, the five senses together with uh, the mind, then we are also able to uh, identify also the external senses. So this is where we are, you know, in the chart. It is the first, the first jnana, or that first nama rupa paricheda, or rupa pariga. The first one is the definition of the four uh, elements. So the, that knowledge is actually the knowledge of uh, being able to identify every individual component of the body. Not body as body, but every little, uh, every little part, you know. So you do like that. You just do the four elements, and then you uh, you analyze. You discern the materiality, and then after that, you discern the mentality. That is, you uh, you discern also every uh, mental factors and the consciousness in each mind moment of the six type of uh, cognitive process. So that you discern both of them, you discern the, both the mentality and the materiality. And after that, you define you define the mentality and the, the materiality. So this definition is just you just come to know uh, there is only uh, mind and body. There is only the mind and the materiality. So it is full understanding as the known. So first you establish the, the things that you want to observe, and then, then you, make, you, you, you classify them into categories. And once this is done, then this is the basic for 
The second jnana, that is the understanding the causality. You understand the conditions of uh, those uh, things that you are observing. So you do it in, uh, you know, a little bit in the beginning, like for example, when you identify the different types of materiality in the body, then you see that some materiality have uh, the temperature as a cause, and sometimes they have the, they are caused by the mind. Some others they are ca caused by the, the by the the food. And then the fourth one, the cause with the kamma, the cause with the, the previous actions, then you, you, you discern that specifically in that, uh, in the last one, when you do the dependent origination, which is the, the, the following, the following jnana, the patia parigara. So that's why, uh, you know, when we, when, pra when we practice vipassana, if we go too fast to discern, the, to practice vipassana in the sense of uh, seeing uh, the, the three characteristics, then uh, we may miss something. And uh, what is more difficult is, is to do those two, yeah, those two knowledge. So the full understanding as the known, that means you are establishing, you are identifying what you are observing very clearly, and then you discern the conditions. So this is, uh, this is really very important. And once this is done, then you go on and you see the full understanding as an investigation. That is tirana parinya. And then you see the three characteristics of anicca, you know, the impermanence and the uh, suffering and the non-self in those things. And then the more and more you develop the insight knowledge, the more you get uh, disenchanted and you get more peaceful also because you are not attached to, uh, uh, to, to things. Those things, you know, can be explained very much in a very detail, and uh, but now I am not dealing so much into detail. So they say that uh, the roots, you know, or the understanding is based with the roots. So you have two roots for the understanding, and this is the purification of mind and the purification of virtue, the first two uh, practices that we have. And the soil on which on the understanding is uh, based is the five aggregates, the twelve bases, you know, the twelve uh, sense bases as, as I just explained, and then the six datu, the six elements, and the faculties, the truth or the dependent origination. So it's a vast field of, uh, of inquiries, it's a vast field of investigation. And the trunk of the, of the understanding is all of that, all the rest of it. And it culminates in the ultimate peace of Nibbana.
You know, also another thing that I would like to add is that uh, about uh, yeah, like the, the, the park, the, the method that is presented here in uh, Myanmar, sometimes this uh, monastery in Park is so specialized or it is so uh, such a long practice and so detailed that uh, it has the reputation there to be a center for practice of samatha only, you know, a practice for concentration. So many people, they, they, they go to that monastery and they just practice uh, samatha because the samatha that is explained there takes a long time and also it takes, it is very complete, you know. So uh, people go there and can, they can afford only to go there two months or three months or sometimes six months or one year. And then once they achieve the samatha that is taught in detail there, then they are very happy and they are satisfied and then they go back home. So when they say, where you have been? They say, oh, I have been to the Park Monastery and uh, I have practiced samatha and the jhana and all, everything, you know. So it has the reputation to be a Samatha monastery. But actually, what we are you know, forgetting is that the, there they are teaching also Vipassana, and the Vipassana is based on the Samatha. But the Vipassana that is taught there also is very detailed, and also it takes a, a long time. So uh, we should be reminded that, of that. You know. And then also one point that uh, many people have said is that uh, the practice that is taught there and that you cannot find anywhere is that uh, practice of the rupakamatana, the datu, you know, the, the meditation on the four elements. This is very difficult to find in uh, where you, you, can, you can find a teacher and where, where you can find a, a very uh, elaborate and very precise uh, method. Traditionally, you know, in the books or traditionally before in the, in the monasteries, there were teachers who were doing that, you know, according to the commentary and also according to the, the time that was uh, requiring to do that. And they were doing it very well. But because the meditation got spread and then people forget and they didn't have time to practice that. So they skip kind of, you know, the, they, they teach it in a, uh, a little bit fast and sometimes a little bit superficial. But this is a very important the meditation on the four elements. So some people can do it fast if they have a good basic of uh, samatha. But nevertheless, it has to be done in detail and it is very uh, advantageous. Also in some of the texts it is said that uh, the, the, princip not the, the principle of anatta, you know, you have the anicca, dukkha, anatta as the four, the three uh, characteristic of uh, existence, the, the impermanence, the suffering, and the non-self. So they say that the characteristic of anatta is not perceived or it is not grasped or understood because somebody is lacking of defining the elements. So if you, we are not able to define the elements, if we are not able to see the elements as elements, then we still are grasping, we still are groping with concepts. So the concept of me, the concept of uh, another person, the concept of man, the concept of woman, uh, anim animals, and things like that. So as long as we don't break <coughs> those concepts into uh, ultimate reality, which are the elements, then we cannot understand uh, properly, you know, we cannot come to, uh, to a deep understanding of reality. 
So that that's very important. Another last thing that I would like to mention is that uh, in one text also they say that uh, that uh, the practice of virtue, the, pra the practice of sila and uh, panya, it goes together. And uh, they say that it is the, like the two hands that uh, are washing each other. So the more you have the panya, the more you have the wisdom, then your, your, it will be uh, affecting your life, it will be affecting your, uh, your behavior your body behavior, verbal behavior, and also your mental behavior. So your sila will improve if you have more uh, wisdom. And the same thing, if you have uh, a good livelihood and a good purity of uh, virtue, then this will also be a support for your panya. So that concept, you know, I, I, it's, I like that very much, that uh, the sila supports the panya, and then the, the panya supports the, the sila. So also, like when they compare that to, to the Buddha himself, they say that uh, he is a possessor of knowledge and uh, conduct. Vidya Charana Sampanno. So what he is preaching, he is doing. And what he is doing, he is preaching also. So we should not forget that uh, what we are learning or what we are uh, developing, it has to bring some effect in our life. And the effect is uh, more peace of mind with uh, either samatha or with uh, understanding of vipassana, and then also peace in uh, in our uh, activities. So I would like to ask you if you have any questions. Yes. The person perceives his own body as a block of eyes. So that is, he sees himself like it's like a mirror, or it's like a you know, spark, sparkling type of, uh, uh, of perception that is on the material phenomenon. I see. And so the transference would be the mirror quality. Yeah. The transfer, it, it, it is just a simile. I said that the, the simile will be like, uh, suppose, uh, suppose your body is like a, 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 a palace, or it's, it's like a house of glass, a house of mirror. So that simile can be applied also to the perception that uh, somebody is having when he is doing the four element meditation. No, there is no more shape. It is just a There's no more shape. No. Just a block. Yes, it's just a block. And he yes, doesn't so see Yes, he doesn't see like he doesn't perceive air or it is just a block of uh, you know the four elements together with the sensitivities and the the other derived materiality. Yes. Bhante, just uh, practice question. 
Mm. Uh, um, the, the physics about the mind, <laughs> my understanding is, and my, uh, my assumption is, is because, uh, so I understand Theravada Buddhism is, you know, goes primarily by the early sutras of the Buddha, and the Buddha is very clear about uh, the impermanence of mind and body. Yes. And, and the idea of being, uh, my, and also my assumption is that it always takes matter for mind to manifest itself. And obviously, the mind cannot let go of materiality because it keeps grasping for it. You have all these rebirths and all that stuff. Um, on one level, it sounds kind of simple to me. Pardon me? Oh, I said on one level, that sounds kind of, you know, I mean, to me, it's just like a no-brainer. I mean, I understand that. I just want to make sure that in your practice, with you and Saido, mind is what we ultimately have to be at peace with so that we can let it go. Mm. And that's where, if we're going to ever find Nibbana, that's where we're going to find it. And it is a conditioned dynamic and will pass if we allow it to, if we reach that point of being able to allow it to. Yes, but you know, the point, like to understand materiality, once we understand the body as such, once we understand the five senses together with the, you know, the mind basis, then we understand the sense impact on, the, on those five organs. And then we understand the functioning, at least, of the five types of minds, you know, out of the six. Because we say the mind, the mind, but what is the mind? The mind is uh, something conditioned by contact of, uh, you know, of, by contact the five, five senses with the five objects and also the, the mental objects are also in contact with another type of mind. So this is what is called mind. So that mind is, is not, it is, we have to understand the process of it. Now I just explained basically the, the principle of, the, of the, the four element meditation. But once somebody is based on the four element meditation, then he understands also the principle of the mind. And this is the second, uh, you know, knowledge that I did not uh, explain because it's, uh, you know, so when I take that, you know, then I look at this, uh, those books and also I look at the books that I can find in the library and it's just uh, why how to start with this, you know. <laughs> and uh, it's better for you to read the books. It will be clearer than uh, if I was to uh, explain. So the same, uh, like that with the mind. So the mind is, uh, is something delicate. Like if, uh, maybe next time we can talk about it, but... Uh, it's something like you have six types of minds. So the, uh, the mind is arising uh, depending on conditions. But we see also once we are able to identify Rupa, materiality, we are able to identify all those types of mind. Then we are able to see also the relation that is uh, uh, with mind and, uh, and, uh, and uh, materiality. But what you're saying is there's nothing, there's nothing apart from the elements Well, if we talk about well, if we talk about
Well, now I am not explaining that because it's a, a huge field of analysis. Uh -huh. It wouldn't come up in this practice. I mean, yes, yes, it will come up, like uh, understanding the all. So here I quote, you know, I uh, try to quote uh, the, the Sangyutta. Okay, what is understanding the all? So you understand the, the I, you understand the I object, you understand the... the the hear and the, and the sound, and then you know, like that, the five the five senses, and then you understand the mind, and you understand the mind objects. So, what is the mind? What is the what are the mind objects? The mind objects is just uh, full. It's everything. Everything can be conceived by the mind. Everything can be perceived by the mind. So, the mental object are, are an analyzing are a part of analysis when we do the vipassana, and it is very detailed. So. For those people who have done the jhana, for example, then even the jhanic mind, you know, the very high state of uh, consciousness that people are achieving, then they are to be analyzed. So everything is, not, is uh, going under the microscopes, you know, to, uh, to, to scrutinizing. Four elements themselves material particles, probably not material particles, but rather qualities or characteristics that make up material particles. Yes, they are characteristic that uh, that make up the uh, material uh, material particles. But what is material? What is materiality? Materiality, like what is earth? Earth is that just a characteristic. What is earth or what is water? You know, it's still a kind. Of, if we just keep the name, then it's a, it is just a name for what is there. But, but in this system, they themselves are not considered to be particles. They're, they're qualities or characteristics. No, because the ca the particles are units, and those units you cannot uh, you cannot go further than that. So those units they are the, they are composed of uh, specific elements. You said that the soil of um, understanding the five standards, the twelve sense bases, yeah. the matches or the elements, yes. depending on origination. Yeah. When you said the trunk is the rest of it. Yes. Very vague, no? Right. <laughs> Very vague. Yes. Well the rest of it is uh, so Well, the soil. This is what this is. That that means this is the soil on which the understanding is going to grow. So the understanding is based on analysis, on understanding that that you know. So understanding itself is not the soil, but it is based on something. So all those things, you know, the understanding cannot grow outside that. So the trunk, the trunk is 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 growing on that uh, on that soil. They don't perceive what? Ah, uh, anatta, yes. Yes, 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 yes. 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 If, if you saw impermanence, wouldn't you see non-self just through seeing impermanence? 
yes, but impermanence of what? If it, it's not enough, like if you have not divided enough, what is changing? Then you, you don't perceive deeply the characteristic of anatta. You can perceive it to a good level. It's possible to perceive it with the good level. But uh, to go deep into it, you need to understand the causes and you need to understand what is, uh, uh, what is atta, what you think is atta. So you have to dismantle the whole, the whole part of everything. Like, like, for example, if you have a car, then if you say my car is impermanent, well, it's enough. Is it enough to understand that it's not yours? If you, if you take your car and then you, you take uh, all the parts, you know, then you see, oh, there is a tire, there is a, the frame, there is the motor, and, uh, you know, the windows. And if you take them part by part, then if you see the impermanence on those parts, it will be the sense of uh, no self will be stronger, isn't it? if you are able to identify uh, those components. Mm -hmm. So basically you just get a stronger sense of uh, yes. of uh, not self. Yes. <coughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you cannot see anatta without seeing anicca. But also anicca cannot be seen uh, deeply if you are not able to define, you know, if you are not able to know what is what. Yeah, so what is the difference with a block of glass and a glass of block? Uh, a block of ice can <laughs> be different. Yeah. A block of ice can be opaque. Uh-huh. It's very tricky. <laughs> also, if you are in a in a tropical country, then maybe you never you have never seen a block of ice. Yes. So it depends on people. Maybe we can ask Sado about that. How people perceive the the four elements as a block of ice. Is it common, sad, or that, uh, like, how are there different perceptions with uh, different people regarding the four, that when somebody is doing the, the meditation on the four elements? Is it, is it always perceived as a block of ice, or? 
There can be color, but at the be- but uh, it becomes clear or opaque, you know. But when you look in <coughs> detail, there can be colors also. So the, the, the block itself would No, it will not be colored. The, the block itself will just be a kind of luminous type of block. Proceed to the written questions. So there is a question that is uh, after seeing and analyzing kalapas through one of the sense doors, is it possible to gain liberating insight and attain nibbana without analyzing kalapas for every sense door? Sabhambhikwe nabhijana abhijana augrajya abhijaha ababhodukya kyaya. This is abhijana sutta. What is the meaning? Without understanding, find three types of full understanding. All mentality as well as all materiality, one cannot escape from the round or rebirth. One cannot see, one cannot realize Nibbana. So for the realization of Nibbana, one must try to analyze every door. Not only one door. Hmm? One door glabas is not enough. What is the reason? Vipassana insight can remove defilements temporarily only. One practicing materiality as a nature or dukkha or nada. One meditator can remove the defilements on 
materiality, only not mentality. In the same way, when practicing mentality as nature or dukkha or nada, at that day, his insight or her insight can remove the filaments temporarily on mentality only, not materiality. In the same way, one practicing materialities of one door, such as I do, if he if one contemplate these Indo materialities as nature or dogma or nada, one can remove defilements temporarily on Indo only, but not Iado, nose do, tongue do, body do, and mind etc. So because of this is the power of vipassana inside. When the remove defilements temporarily by vipassana inside, path impression, knowledge, these are supramundane knowledges cannot rise by realizing nibbana. If vipassana inside remove the defilements which have attachment to all mentality and materiality, other than only at the end of Vipassana insight, but in Prussian knowledge arise realizing Nibbana. So because of this reason, one though is not enough. Because you had accumulated karma to possess six doors. <laughs> Not only one door <coughs> to cut this attachment, you must analyze six door. <laughs> one door is not enough. Is it usually the case that the light of wisdom gets stronger from jhana to jhana? I don't see bright, brilliant light in my jhanas. Will this prevent me from moving forward? It depends on their own concentration. Some meditators' concentration is very deep while practicing pachana. They arrive deepest level. So when practicing sakinjana, it is not necessarily more deep <laughs> because already deep. <laughs> so for some meditators, because of previous parami, one practicing Fajana, Saginjana, or Saginjana, or Tajana, or Pothjana. Concentration is very deep. For some meditators, when practicing Fajana, concentration is not so deep. When they practice Saginjana, at the time, concentration is very deep. But again, when they practice Tajana, more deep. Again, when they practice Pothjana, very deep. So more and more deep. For those, the light of wisdom may be brighter and brighter in each channel. But usually for many meditators, when they practice in fourth channel, at that time, the light of wisdom is very bright, very powerful. Are the different jhanas used for different purposes? The first versus Fourth or eight? Is it 
are they used for different purposes? The first one or fourth or eighth, Jana? Samadhi and Isansa, there are five types of results. Hmm? Some meditators, they practice jhanas for abiding happy, happily in this very life only. This is especially for rahas. Some rahas, they practice four elements meditation to vegan rahas. They do not practice any samatha. They practice only just four elements meditation. They directly go to vipassana. Then they begin rahas. After the attainment of rahasship, they are not yet taking pranibana, final cessation. They are still like at the dying occasionally they want to enjoy jhana happiness. So they at the day again they practice jhana. That jhana is for abiding happily in this very life only. There is nothing, no result <coughs> anymore because they had already practiced vipassana up to the arha stage. It is not necessary to for uh, as a basis for their vipassana. This is one. Another is vipassana nisansa. This is Vipassana Nisansa means Bhikkhu's developed concentration. A Bhikkhu who has concentrated mind understands the Dhammas as they really are. What does he understand? He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of suffering. He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of the origin of suffering. He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of the cessation of suffering. He understands as it really is. This is the noble truth of the path leading to the cessation of suffering. So in this way, Buddha explained, for understanding for noble truth as they really are, one should practice concentration. Because concentrated mind produces so strong, powerful light. This light is called the light of wisdom. With the assistance of the light of wisdom, if they practice four elements meditation, they can see clearly subatomic particles called kalabas. Again, if they analyze these kalabas, they can easily see ultimate materiality of each kalaba, such as Add element, water element, fire element, wind element, color, odor, flavor, nutritive essence, life faculty, etc. But while analyzing kalabas, if the light of wisdom fades away or disappear, they cannot see kalabas and they cannot analyze kalabas. So to understand four noble truths as they really are, concentration is very important. So such type of concentration is the basis for vipassana. They can be supporting cause for vipassana. 
Another is especially outside Buddha's dispensation. There are meditators who specialize jhanas. Because of outside Buddha's dispensation, they do not understand for noble truth. So they practice this jhana for the attainment of Brahma war. After death, depending on their jhana ability, they can attain Brahma war. They can be reborn in Brahma war. This is for attainment of Brahma war. This is one result. The another one is they practice jhanas for the cessation attainment Niroda Samabadi. Niroda Samabadi gain and by anagami and arhats only. So if anagami, one meditator bigger anagami or raha, if he or she want to practice cessation attainment, then they must specialize these jhanas. They must re-establish panchana. And then imagine from panchana, they must contemplate this past jhana dhammas as nature, dukkha or nada. And then Second jhana, etc., in the same way. If they practice systematically up to the neither perception nor no perception jhana stage, that only they can enter into cessation attainment, niroda samapati. So, for enjoying cessation attainment, they practice jhanas. This is also one reason. All together there are four. Tejadama Sukha Vihara for enjoying jhana happiness in this very life. Second, the basis for Vipassana. Third, for the attainment of Brahmavara. Fourth, <coughs> for the <coughs> for the cessation attainment. Then there is another one. Forget another one. <coughs> <coughs> so, for the different purpose, they practice jhanas. But we usually teach here jhana for basis for vipassana only. <coughs> for the basis of vipassana, first jhana also can be the basis for vipassana. Second jhana, third jhana, or fourth jhana also can be the basis for vipassana. In the same way, one of the immaterial jhanas also can be the basis of vipassana. Depending on their desire, they can practice these different types of jhanas. Can you pick one between the cities? The fifth one? Uh, yes, yes, yes. It is true. Edi, edi. Such power. Hmm? So different type to endowment of such different types of such power, they must practice these jhanas.
So the other question with the four elements, I think it has been dealt like uh, if somebody is practicing the four elements meditation, then if the defilements or physical and mental states of sloth and torpor or restlessness appear, what to do with that? So this uh, already you, you should know how to deal with that. And uh, when it comes, then also somebody needs to uh, understand how it uh, should be handled. The practice of metta, when done for attaining jhanas, is it done in a different way when? Is it done in a different way than when it's done for a daily practice? Could you explain a little bit? So, when it is done for a daily practice, you know, like here we see the difference with the methodology or method or techniques, and then we see the difference with the daily practice as a something that we have to adapt to our life, or we have to adapt to the situation. So, uh, when somebody is practicing the metta for attaining jhana, then it can be very methodic, you know. But uh, when it is done in the daily practice, somebody can attain jhana and also can still keep the methodology of, okay, now I want to, to develop my jhana in my daily practice and in my daily setting. But uh, it depends on the person. So when you do it specifically to attain jhana, then it's, uh, it's more uh, precise. Do you understand? It is now my 75th day for me. <laughs> my body is becoming restless and painful while sitting. How do the monastics handle day after day, year after year of sitting? <laughs> Is it ever helpful to take a day off and sit for just a couple of hours? <laughs> well, what do you think? That's a funny question. You know, you see, you come here, and the only thing you see about monks, they are just sitting like that, you know. But monks are living, so the life is... It's just everywhere, and uh, you have activities, so monks are not always sitting. And meditation is, it has to be practiced in all the four positions. And if it's not, if you, are, if you have been sitting for 75 days without uh, moving so much, I think you should start to think, to take care a little bit about the needs of the body. Because uh, physical balance is uh, necessary, and the exercises also is necessary, and to keep the continuity of the practice is also uh, necessary. So to take a day off, and sit just for a couple of hours. Well, you can take uh, you can take as many days off, but uh, but you just keep the continuity in whatever you are doing. And uh, of course, you can sit less hours. You know, it's not uh, it's not uh, okay now. It's not a must that if you want to achieve, you have to you know like a record. Okay, now yes, sit twelve hours today, and then every day for three months, and then after that you get your. Uh, Yes, you get your uh, you get your you, you get your pay. Everybody also some people they like to sit. Some sometimes so for some people sitting position is much easier and it is more convenient. But some for some people walking is much better. So you have to alternate and also you have to see what is best for you. Of course, when the samadhi becomes very strong, then the sitting position is very uh, convenient and you don't need so much of exercises.
but uh, nevertheless, uh, exercises is also is also necessary. So another one question is. Uh, in the Mula Pariyaya Sutta, the first of the Majjhima Nikaya, the Buddha speaks to the Brahmins about not understanding the elements. The Brahmins were not happy to hear this. Can this view of the Brahmins be the materialism of today? What can we do? What can we do in everyday life? These five hundred Brahmins are expandry with us. They search for the essence and they are with us. They do not see anything. Because of this reason, they want to search for the essence in Buddha's dispensation. So they ordain as a bhikkhu. After ordination, they learn Buddha's teaching. They can easily learn by heart all Buddha's teachings. So because of this, they have proud. Oh, Buddha's teachings are not difficult, very easy for us. We can learn these teachings orally very easily. He cannot teach Object, subject, etc. No? Except object, subject, etc. Whatever he did, we can understand his dhamma very easily. In this way, they have a lot of prop. To break down this prop mana, hmm? Buddha teach this Mula Priyaya Soda. In that Mula Priyaya Soda, Buddha explained four elements. By four types of persons understanding. Number one, Putuchana, worldly persons. They understand four elements as by way of Tanamana deity. Tanam means these four elements are my four elements. Oh, here hardness. My body became very hard. No, very painful. No, 75 days. <laughs> mind body became very hard. They understand not poor element. They understand mind body. The, the such type of grasping is called tana attachment. Hmm? The mana is pro. Oh, mind body is very strong. I can practice more than three months. <laughs> so pro. They understand, they have proud, and they dated, this is mind body. They cannot, actually, there is no mind. Now here, some meditators, they are practicing polymers meditation, they can see clubbers. These clubbers, as soon as they rise, they pass away very, very quickly. There is no time to grasp, this is I, this is he, he, this is she, etc. So, but they grasp. Potuchana, worldly being, they grasp, this is I, this is me, this is my, my robot, my body, etc. In this way, they have wrong view. The Buddha explain noble one's view. Then Buddha explain Arhat's view. Arhat, noble ones, they, they grasp this 
materiality of four elements by way of attachment. They have no wrong view. They understand as soon as this materiality, as soon as they rise, they pass away. But they have still attachment to their elements. So they cannot give up the dana as well as mana. Mana is prop. Arahas also understand these four elements. But they have no attachment, they have no prop, they have no wrong view. Buddha also understand these four elements. But Buddha also have no uh, attachment, no prop, no wrong view. What is the difference between Buddha and Arha, etc.? In this way, Buddha explain four elements. Not only four elements, but others also explain. So here, one question. These four types of person different only in four elements, not other materialities. So this question, commentary gave the answer. Odami, Ega, Dami, Yedama, Ega, Lakana, Kesi, Oda, Bondi, Dabi, Doharo, Lakano, Nama. What is the meaning? If a Buddha occasionally says, one Dhamma to contemplate as nature to another, then saying Dhammas, one Listener must understand all saints must contemplate as nature to another. So the meaning is they are different in four elements. But not only in four elements, other derivative materiality also in the same way they, we must understand. Buddha explains in different ways. But they do not understand because they understand the Dhamma by learning knowledge only, not practical knowledge. Practically, they cannot penetrate these Dhammas. Because of this reason, after listening this Mula Priyaya Sutta, they have no rejoice. They have no happy, happiness. Why? They do not understand. Why Buddha? Teach such type of Dhamma, not to understand others, to cut down their prop only, <laughs> not for the attainment, for the attainment of arhatship or nobleship. Slowly, they, their mana, their bright go down. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.